0: Can you put some urine in my eyes?
1: Hi Michelle, how are you? Hi, Geordie. Oh, nice to see you. How's things? All right.
0: I found something out that's very interesting this week. Would you like to know what it is? Uh sure. (laughs) What have you got? I found out a wild fact, Michelle, and it's just got me thinking all week long. What is it? Did you know that Loch Ness is so big that you f- could fit the world's population in it three times over, according to a specialist that was on Stephen
1: Fry's Mythical Beasts program on BBC3? I can't believe that. I didn't realise Loch Ness was so massive. No! I know. I've driven past it and I didn't think it was Have that you? big. Yes. It doesn't look big on the map either, but it's apparently it's so big
0: you could fit this world the world's population in it 3 times over. I don't know if that's just anecdotal or if it's factual, but then I did a quick Google just now and it said it's got double the amount of water in all the lakes of England and Wales combined. Ah. Huh. Who knew? Does that really mean that you
1: can fit that many, you know, the world's population in it three times? I don't know. Yeah, but there not there some kind of statistic where the whole world's population can fit into Auckland or something? I, I mean, this is, you know, people being sardined together, literally. Right, like, standing cheek by jowl. Yes, bum cheek by bum
0: cheek. So. <laughs> Jesus, Michelle. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to all you eavesdroppers out there to another weekly edition of your favourite podcast and ours,
1: (laughs) eavesdropping. I'm Geordie. I'm Michelle and we're happy to have you listening in. Michelle, there's been a new eavesdropper in the ranks. Oh. It's Gideon. Hi Gideon. Oh, hi Gideon. Gideon, are you gonna get all your young cool mates to start listening to eavesdropping?
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're not young and cool anymore, Michelle. They're middle aged. Oh Jesus
1: Christ. How did that happen? I mean, I well, remember when Gideon was eleven years old. <laughs> but welcome Gideon to our troop of eavesdroppers. And we look forward to you writing in. Just oh. write in, Gideon. Anything you want to know, we'll investigate it badly. So, please, <laughs> write in. <laughs> you can count on us. <laughs> to get facts wrong. <laughs> like Absolutely. Ne- like Loch Ness. I actually have to Google that at some point. Duck, duck, go You better go it. had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Michelle, that reminds me when we're talking about business in hand and eavesdropping business, we've got an announcement to make, haven't we? Oh, we do.
1: I set up a Patreon page for us. Well done, you. Well, thank you. What that actually means, and I do have to apologise in advance because, you know, there are all these levels and tiers that you can go onto Patreon and then support us, but I've only just put one, which is basically the tip jar because it's coming, guys. It's coming. We're going to be doing all of these merchandise and bits and pieces and extra added value, but for the moment, we've got the tip jar because we thought we've got to start somewhere Let's start there. So stay tuned and we will
0: let you know what you can get for different levels of support. By that we mean financial support. I think you can dedicate like a monthly amount.
1: Yeah. Is that right? Is that how it works? Well, you can do a one-off if you just want to, you know, throw a coin in the the old, jar in the digital hat or in the tip jar. And then down the line, uh, we will have all sorts of exciting things. We were talking about merch ideas. You guys are going to love it once but we get around to wait. it. I know. But, yes, we just thought, you know, if you want to show some love, show some eavesdropping love, we've got now a, a Patreon platform and we'll be putting the links to all of that in show notes, et cetera. Show notes and social media. So on our Facebook page,
0: which is eavesdroppinpodcast.com. That's right. Yes. Dot com. And also the instagram page which is eavesdropping underscore eavesdropping
1: underscore that's it <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh dear any news geordie yes if it's relating to last week's
0: sorry one of the guinea pigs is very thirsty and he's sucking on that thing like there's no tomorrow making a terrible racket so we had a faithful listener dial in from her tubble in amsterdam estonian listener janica hi janica <laughs> she really enjoyed the Russian and the snowy stories from last oh, week.
1: Yes. But
0: she said that if you'd like some Russian pronunciation lessons, she can help because Estonia is neighboring Russia. Yeah. Sure, they're really thrilled about that right now. Mm. But she said that the Urals, as we called it, Urals, <laughs> can we call it the Urals. The Urals. I said, is it urals, Michelle? You said, yeah, it's urals. Well,
1: I'm just thinking about, because you know in Australia, you can get that medicine for a urinary tract infection called a ural. So I thought, oh, well, it's urals anyway. Ural. Or
0: are you talking about the stuff that you put in your eyes for conjunctivitis called murine? No, I'm not. I'm talking about (laughs)
1: you Because
0: there is something called murine that you put in your eyes. Yes, I know. In Australia.
1: Mum! Can you put some urine in my eyes? Oh, no. Just piss in it. Piss holes. Piss in my piss holes. Anyway. Jesus. It's not good.
0: So can I tell you how Janneke how told me how you do actually pronounce it? Yes, please. Ural.
1: Ural. Of course it is. Ural. Yes. What were we thinking? Ural. So Ural. 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to go back to last week's episode, which I think was episode 5 of season 3, and it was Snowy Misadventures.
1: Yeah. And it was
0: quite it was quite the wild ride, and I loved that story. I'm I've been thinking about it
1: ever since I've got ideas. Yeah. But we can talk about that in extra droppings later on. Yes, we can. And I just wanted to say, look, all of this crazy stuff that's going on right now in Russia and the Ukraine, it's really awful. And I don't know if you know this, but Every morning I have to listen to Swedish radio. That's my life. Apparently, the Swedes are really scared at the moment because the Russians have been flying over into Swedish airspace without permission. Mm-mm. So, what is going on there? But on a lighter note, I did watch the season finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> so did I. Were you happy with the
0: winner? Hang on. Wait a second because you're not talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. You're talking about UK versus the world. Yes, I am. Because there is actually a current season of Drag Race on over on World of Wonder at the moment.
1: For the UK? Yes. US,
0: US. For people who sign up to World of Wonder.
1: Oh, sorry. I didn't realise there was a US series going as well. Yep. No, I'm talking about RuPaul UK... Versus the world. Versus the world. And we did have a winner. We did. I wanted that winner to win. We're not going to say who it was. Out of the two finalists, I thought either or. I thought either either or. or, But I did think the runner-up cracked me up all season. I don't know the pronouns for, for this one. But yes, I did find them hilarious. Yes, that's star quality. That person has star quality. Absolutely. And honestly, as an antidote to all the craziness in the world, Mm. flip on to RuPaul. Now, speaking of telly, I have been... Don't tell me. Not bloody Eurasia again or whatever it's called. Euthanasia. Euphoria. Euphoria. (laughs) Honestly, when you actually start watching that, you're going to be apologising for taking the piece. I have started watching it. And? I watched one whole episode. Meh. Which one? The first one. And you didn't think it was any good? Meh. Mm.
0: It was all right. It didn't grip me.
1: Oh, all I'll right. try the
0: second. I'll try and watch oh, the second. Don't, don't bother.
1: If it's not for you, it's not for you. But I wanted to know, are you a Peaky Blinders fan? I have been a Peaky Blinders fan in the past. I do enjoy it. It's great fun. For anyone who is a Peaky Blinders fan... You'll know that season six, which is actually airing now on the BBC, it's the final series. And I'm kind of gutted about it because I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I love Killian Murphy. Do you think that he does look a little bit like a certain ex-boyfriend of mine in his younger days? Which one? The... Nothing compares to her ear. Uh, Right. Don't know. Don't know about that. All right. Well, I've always thought that. So you
0: fancy, what you're trying to tell me is you fancy Killian Murphy. Who doesn't? Well, I don't, but...
1: Well, I do. I like a little weenie. pint Weenie lad, yes. So at the end of the last season, season five, we saw British politician Oswald Mosley. That's what's happening. He's not been the baddie. I think the last baddie I saw
0: was uh, one of my favourite actors, who is uh, who was in The Outsider with Ben Mendelsohn? Tom Hardy Cox? Not Tom Hardy Cox. Paddy Considina. Oh, Paddy Considine.
1: I don't even know which which one he was. Which was which baddie he was? He was a
0: vicar. He was like a vicar or something.
1: Oh god, well, that priest. Was seasons ago. Seasons ago. So I'm very behind. I'm very behind. So Mosley is is the baddie, and he's basically Britain's wannabe Hitler. And um, you see him stirring up trouble at a fascist rally in London. We've just befriended on
0: social media the actor because he has mutual friends of ours.
1: Well, I was going to talk about this. Do you remember? Oh. Yes, I do remember him. Oh, we do hobnob, don't we? We do. So, Oswald is stirring up trouble in London. Socialist gangster Thomas Shelby, a.k.a. Killian, hot Murphy, was trying to bump off Oswald at this rally. But without giving too many spoilers away for anyone that hasn't seen it and wants to watch it, what happens at the end of season five is absolute carnage and this cliffhanger that leaves us all wondering what the hell is going to happen to Thomas Shelby in the next season. But season Mm -hmm. six is back, sadly, without the amazing Helen McCrory – yeah. Who died of cancer Very last sad. year. Mm. But the season season 6 picks up 4 years later when it's 1933. And your favorite as I just yelled out, Tom Hardy Cox, he's in it Ugh. as Alfie Solomon. He's always Again. in. It. He's yeah, yeah. Right. But this time he's a little bit like a mole person who's still What? Like yeah, I know, living he's, underground. Yeah, and he's he's like it's all a bit strange, but he's still got his wits about him and he's going to cause yeah. trouble. And we see the return of Oswald Mosley, who is played by Sam Claflin. Claflin. Yeah. Our friend
0: on social media.
1: Yes, but also, as I was saying to you before, we went to a party that he was at. Yes, we did, because he's friends of friends of ours. And do you remember... What happened at that party?
0: I had a baby in the car that I had to keep going out to breastfeed. That's all I remember.
1: Well, I remember we walked in and I saw mm. that guy, Sam Claflin, across the room, and I was like, "This is in my single days." I said, "You were wearing matching jumpers, were we?" Yes, he had a big woolly jumper on, and you had—that was when you were wearing nothing but that big woolly white jumper, right? And I said to you, "That guy's gorgeous." I'm going over to talk to him. Did you? Yes. And you turned around and said to me, see that super hot girl on the other side of the room? That's his stunning girlfriend. Don't even bother. Uh, That wasn't me that said that to you because I wouldn't have known that.
0: I'm sure it was you who said. Because I I didn't know who his girlfriend was. But she was also a classmate of
1: all of those guys. That I always thought he was hot. But you know what? In this series... He's not a hot fascist. You're about to go over there and tell him that you were... I love you. Well, no, I, I didn't even know he was an actor. I didn't know who he was. We have matching jumpers. Hot guy alert. You know, I've always liked a younger man. <laughs> to be fair this was before this was before his first big break I it think was. I think everybody was saying yeah yeah he's
0: just gone he's just been over in LA doing meetings and it's going to take off for him
1: It was before he he came out in Hunger Games Did he come out No oh my god It was before sorry it was before his film The Hunger Games Get it right As much as I fancied him back in the day He's he's not a hot fascist in this. You know, he's okay. he's scary. And um well, I'm sure. You don't have to be a sexy fascist, you know. I, he's still good in this. No. But anyway, this season is all about Sorry, Oswald Mosley. Sorry. Just a little bit confused about that sentence you just said. You don't have to be a sexy fascist. When that guy played like the sexy serial killer, do you remember? I mean, he didn't mean to be sexy. Who? Oh, God, with some... Um, oh, the sexy
0: one, the Irish chap, God, Fifty my Shades. T- What's his yeah. name? Dornan. Jamie, Jamie Dornan. Dornan. Oh, my God. Two old ladies trying to remember names. This is terrible. It's
1: absolutely shocking. But he was sexy serial killer in that. And I thought, oh, maybe True. Sam Claflin's going to be sexy fascist. But no, not really. He's oh, just scary okay. fascist. This okay. season is all about Oswald Mosley. And look, all of this is is real life, real history, by the way in Peaky Blinders at this point in terms of, you know. With the exception of the whole Shelby family because they're not necessarily true. No, but they are taking real life historical elements and weaving it into this narrative. In one of the scenes we're introduced to Oswald Mosley's mistress and she's this super fancy fascist and it's at this rally and it was after Mosley's wife had died and I thought, Hmm, that's a bit off, like having a mistress right there right after your wife's kicked the bucket. So I thought I'd do a little bit of duck duck going on all this to see who in real life in history his mistress was. and yeah. it has opened up an aristocratic can of worms. so that's where I'm oh going God. with all of this today. Okay. So, it turns out that Oswald Mosley's mistress, who later actually did become his wife, was a woman called Diana. And she was actually one of the famous Mitford sisters. Yes, I know this. Yes. So, for anyone who's never heard of the Mitford sisters, they were these six beautiful, aristocratic British sisters, all born around the beginning of last century. And they were smart. They were well-educated. They were basically the first it girls. And Mm. they were stylish and rebellious and controversial. And I think actually the most famous Mitford sister was Nancy. And she was a novelist and a journalist Mm. who's best known for her like semi-autobiographical novels. One, Love in a Cold Climate. And two... The Pursuit of Love. Oh, yes. Which we talked about in a previous episode because... We loved it when it was on BBC, yes. Yes, because it starred basically an unrecognisable Clem Fandango. He was in it. And I didn't even realise it was Clem. So there are these six sisters and they're all really different to each other. So you've got Diana the Fascist, Jessica the Communist, (laughs) Unity who is obsessed with Hitler, Nancy the Novelist, Deborah, the duchess, and Pamela, who just raised chickens. She's a chicken farmer. Okay. So, like I said, I was watching Peaky Blinders. I had no idea that Diana Mitford was a fascist and married to basically Britain's answer to Hitler. And honestly, Mm. like, in this climate of Russia and the Ukraine war and everything, it all just felt a bit weird because it just felt really current but actually scrolling back do I need to give a little summary of what a fascist is go on then because you just said one was a fascist and one was a
0: communist and to me that's two ends of that's two ends of an extreme political viewpoint. You've got your left, which is communist. exactly. And you've got your right, which is your fascist. But they're
1: extremes. Exactly. They are very extremist political points of view. And a fascist is basically someone who ascribes to the idea of dictatorship and nationalism, which is sort of a political standpoint for me, which I think is inherently racist. You know, it's all about strict government controls and you violently are against opposers to the regime so you know it's quite an aggressive and and violent political idea but going back to diana it turns out she wasn't always a fascist she was just a plain old conservative in her early years and she was actually that's where it starts oh (laughs) oh oh dear uh, we've got loads of people turning off. But she was, <laughs> Diana was actually married to the aristocrat brian guinness and the guinness family is really well known in the uk and she's the grandmother to daphne guinness who back in the day and we're talking like the 90s was a socialite and amused to people like isabella blow and karl lagerfeld alexander mcqueen and all that lot yeah and you know she was part of that whole supermodel era of fashion she's also grandmother to marina guinness who shagged Stuart Copeland from the police and they have a son called Patrick together. And honestly, like, the more you dig into this family, the more it's just all kind of weirdly connected in this aristocratic way. But anyway, when Diana was married to Brian Guinness, they were part of this group of bohemian rich kids called the Bright Young Things. And they were just living it up during the 1920s, which for me, it's so weird. That was 100 years ago. And the I nineteen know. the nineteen twenties, in in many ways, like it feels like recent history, but it's really fucking not. You know, it's it's modern yeah. era, but it's oh, I don't know. I find that strange. So then she met Oswald Mosley, and she eventually left Brian Gist. Guinness to become Mosley's mistress and after his wife died suddenly and I actually looked into whether or not that was foul play because it just seemed a little bit iffy but she died of peritonitis which is where you get an infection in the lining of your stomach which sounds really grim but that brought up a little bit more about Mosley and he apparently had an affair with his wife's younger sister and his wife's stepmother and this was all before she died. Oh my god. He's kind of a creep beside the From the fact that he's a fascist. But anyway, eventually, Oswald and Diana decided to get married. But they wanted a secret wedding ceremony with only a few close friends in attendance. So they trotted off to Berlin, where they were married in the living room of Nazi propaganda merchant, Joseph Goebbels. Oh, my God. And Hitler was there as part of the inner circle. So they are right in there with the Nazis. And Diana's younger sister, Unity absolutely adored Hitler. And there were even rumours that Eva Braun, who was Hitler's mistress, was jealous of Unity Mitford because she thought Hitler was having an affair with Unity. The more I delved into Unity's history, actually, the more shocking and sad it was because obviously she was this right little fascist, but I also think she was just really starstruck by Hitler because I was reading this Vanity Fair article about the Mitfords because You know, even to this day, people are obsessed by these sisters and their offspring. Anyway, Unity had been photographed giving a Nazi salute at a Hitler Youth Rally, which impressed Hitler so much that he gave her this gold swastika badge that she loved and wore all the time. And... That made me start thinking about where that gold came from because do you remember in a previous episode we talked a little bit about a documentary I saw called Blood Money, Switzerland's Nazi yeah. Gold and where yeah. all that gold came from um, to fund Hitler's war efforts just tragic. Mm. I'll put a link mm. to that in the show notes. But anyway, she was famous for writing this open letter to De Sturma, which, and trigger warning, this is not nice what she had wrote. Who's um, De Sturma? So it's a... An anti-Semitic propaganda newspaper in Germany. Okay, And she wrote this letter and it ended with the lines, We think with joy of the day when we shall be able to say with might and authority, England for the English, out with the Jews. And then she asked for her whole name, not just her initials, to be used at the end of the letter. And she said, I want everyone to know that I'm a Jew hater. And then the article goes on to say that she found the act of Germans making Jews cut grass with their teeth amusing and that she thought that it was a great idea when a group of Jews were taken to this island in the Danube and left there to starve to death. So she's quite a despicable person. But the thing with unity was that she famously apparently used to say that if Germany and Britain went to war – She was going to commit suicide because she couldn't bear the idea of the two countries that she loved killing each other. So when Britain declared war on Germany in 1939 after Hitler Hitler invaded Poland, Unity went to the English Garden, which is in the centre of Munich. Hitler had given her a small gun to protect herself. So she took this gun that Hitler had given her, put it to her head and fired. But she didn't die. Uh, The bullet lodged in in her brain but it didn't kill her she fucking survived but she was basically fucked because she was incontinent one leg didn't work she had the mental capacity of a child and honestly I don't know how she didn't lose half a head and had any kind of brain function at all That sucks. Yeah. People in the UK went fucking nuts. They were angry. And she was reported in the press as being Hitler's girlfriend. So nobody wanted her to return back to the UK. Yeah. And it was even discussed in the House of Commons. And she was whisked off to this secret location because she was basically an enemy of the state. And nobody wanted her to be allowed back into Britain. And they had no sympathy for her and the thing was that because she was nowhere, not really able to function properly anymore, she wasn't thought of as a threat and she was under house arrest in this vicarage in Warwickshire where she lived with her pet Dashand that Hitler had given her. Mm-hmm. And eventually, eight years later, that bullet in her brain led to meningitis and she died. So that was unity, Mitford. She had such a lovely name. Mm. Like unity.
0: Why mm. couldn't she have lived up to her name? Why did she have to be so not unity?
1: I know. It's just a little see you next Tuesday. Or oh, will rack off your Dag. <laughs> Piss off. No, I can bury. Get yes. see, see you next Tuesday. Give me black dog up, yeah. As for Diana, she and Oswald returned back to the UK. Um, and this was after she'd given birth to two children with Mosley because she already had two with Brian Guinness. And when the war broke out, just weeks literally, actually, after she'd given birth to her fourth child, which is the second one with Mosley, the British government were rounding up all the fascists in England. And under the instruction of MI5, Oswald and Diana were arrested, apparently without charge, but, you know, it doesn't matter. They were fascists and enemies of the state. And Diana was thrown into Holloway prison, women's prison, with her baby. It's said that she hid a picture of Hitler under the cot mattress of her baby son, Max, Mm. which is just... Max Mosley, he's often in the
0: papers, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he is. (laughs) Then eventually Winston Churchill, whose wife, Clementine, was actually a cousin to the Mitfords. See, all intertwined here. Yeah, Churchill intervened and let Oswald and Diana be in the same prison and they were there for three years. And then... It's reported that when Diana was interviewed by the authorities in prison, um, she was asked if she agreed with Nazi policies on the Jews. And she said, well, up to a point, I'm not fond of Jews. You know, if you've got Hitler at your wedding, I think it's a safe bet to say that you can imagine they're not fond of Jews. Then when Diana was finally released from prison, her sister Jessica, who was the communist, apparently went to churchill and said throw her back in and she said i don't care that she's my sister you know she she shouldn't be allowed out of prison and diana remained a fascist her whole life she was a lifelong supporter of the british union of fascists and she was reported as being anti-semitic her whole life she was what she's one of these people who didn't really believe that six million jews were exterminated in the holocaust and this was all just thrown up from watching peaky blinders Super fascinating family with so many of their offspring doing stuff as well. I mean, it's probably a whole Mm. nother episode, but as you know, I love a good ghost story, I love a poltergeist, I like the supernatural. And, of course, these girls grew up in the time of spiritualism when that was big. And we've talked about this in a previous episode. Yes. And these girls were right in there with all the seances and all that kind of stuff. And apparently, the Mitford girls grew up in Oxfordshire in a 17th century stately home called Astor Manor, which has been famously reported as being haunted by poltergeist. They wow. had a lot of poltergeist encounters and it was all of that stuff that we've talked about before in previous episodes. Poltergeists were hurling cutlery all around the rooms. They were having uh, furniture or flying around the attic. Apparently, one poltergeist was in the Astor Manor with the with the Mitfords was said to have torn off one of the housemaid's nightgowns. Oh, my goodness. Saucy. I know. Saucy poltergeist. Naughty. And you know this poltergeist was part of this whole supernatural thing that they were all into, and the girls were always having well, they loved their Ouija boards, and they they called it table turning let's do some table turning is what they would say mm-hmm. but they but their father was really against it, so they had to keep it quite secret, yeah, it's all part of this whole first world war spirits, and well they they were in the time of the first world war. Uh, when they would have been very young, when that whole spiritualist movement had been revived. And apparently, you know, society hostesses were always holding seances and playing the Ouija board. And, you know, there were all of these socialites at the time who claimed they'd summoned the spirit of Jack the Ripper and and all sorts. And, yeah, and so they were right in there. And apparently the first home of Diana and Brian Guinness. Uh, There's meant to be this portrait of like a cavalry charge and if the painting is ever removed from the wall apparently there's the ghost of Sir, not Sir John, just John Richmond Webb who is the owner of this painting he apparently gallops up and down the stairs on his horse if you move the painting so uh-huh. and that's been oh. apparently documented that people have seen this horse going up and down stairs but so since yeah yeah so these girls have a lot of this whole mysticism and and they are superstitious and they would do things like if they had an enemy they would write the name of their enemy on a piece of paper place it in a drawer and uh, they believed that that person would be dead within a year. So these, <gasps> girl, these girls were really Gosh. into their superstitions. and They're horrible. Horrible little beasties, aren't they, those girls? Well, you know, it was, it was the times. So, yeah, I mm. thought that was really interesting that they had, you know, they were fascists and communists and chicken farmers, but they also had this kind of supernatural thing going on. Yeah. So that's the Midfords. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you for that. Eavesdropping. 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 Eavesdropping.
0: Eavesdropping. It's interesting that you should do something that's so political, because let's face it, what your story was based on was politics to a certain degree.
1: Yes, and I didn't want to get too much into the politics of it because sure. we are right now in the midst of so much horrible politics. So, what about exopolitics? What do you mean? Exopolitics. Do you know what that is? What? Like gender politics?
0: No, exopolitics is outside of this world. I didn't know that. Beyond our world. And there is um, a website called exopolitics.org that I was directed to by Tamira the Modern Mystic, (gasps) who sent me a great article to look into, which I did. And that's where I found this exopolitics.org website. Founded by Dr. Michael Salah, whose wiki page says that he was previously a lecturer at the ANU in what? Canberra, where you're from. I yep. went
1: to that university.
0: You did? Australia I used to I went to that university bar.
1: <laughs> we many all did. Times. <laughs> the uni bar.
0: <laughs> he has a PhD in government from the University of Queensland and he's been involved in non official peacemaking efforts for ethnic Netflix in East Timor and Kosovo since 1995. Okay. Then he went on to become an assistant professor in the American University School of International Service, otherwise known as SIS, and it's real. Okay. But something occurred to him during his tenure there. He fell down a bit of a rabbit hole of d- discovering people who had been ex- UFO experiences okay abductees he found he read t- so many witness accounts that he just he looked into it he researched and researched so he got to the point where he is now the uni let him go sis said you need to go now and oh, then he dear. went off and worked on uh i think he was he appeared in about 13 episodes of the tv show ancient aliens which was going to be my story today but i found so much fodder here that i didn't need to watch an episode of ancient aliens oh
1: my goodness it- Put a pin in that for another episode. In that I want to know about ancient aliens. It sounds fascinating.
0: Well, it's it's all tied up in this website Exopolitics, which is about UFOs and the galactic powers that be who have our earthly governments in their back pockets and wish to come in and take over. And there's a Muse song about it. Muse are very into this by the sound of things. Muse the band. Well,
1: this sounds like alien Illuminati. That's what it sounds it like is. to me.
0: Exactly oh that. My God. I think it's exactly that. Yeah.
1: So, the news article that
0: Tamira sent me was from Ukraine. Obviously, we know there's a lot going on there right yeah, now. But yeah. what you don't know about is that there's a space arc that's buried under Aleshki Sands National Nature Park, which is 25 kilometers east of Kurson. And this space arc is said to be activating right now. And it's predicted to eventually be flying into the air. So, whoa. Eye on the sky, guys. The Russians have got wind of this and that's why they're invading, according according to Dr. Michael Sala.
1: What? That's why they're invading the Ukraine now is because of yes. the ancient ar- alien arc. Yeah. yeah. You
0: might think that they're invading for some other reason, Michelle, but according to ExoPolitics, it's all part of a cleansing operation and the deep state, which is mentioned quite a lot on this website, was attempting to activate the ark, which they found many years ago and it's buried beneath the sand... The ARC is now activated and Putin wants to get his hands on it. While the world is looking at the Ukraine, this is when it's going to take off and it'll be quite the showstopper.
1: Oh, my God. Now, can I just Mm. ask you, was QAnon mentioned in any of your research? Because it sounds a bit QE. It does. It was never mentioned,
0: but Mm. a lot of reference to deep state, a lot of reference to Biden being the bad guy, Putin possibly being the good guy occasionally. A lot of the comments in the comment section were quite Putin-friendly, if you ask me. And I know there are always two sides to every story, but to me it felt very black and white, which we know QAnon is all about, the black yeah. and the white. There is no grey. Wow. In this case, there's lots of greys. They're aliens.
1: Yeah. My <laughs> God. I'm Honestly, this is going to give me lots of greys. Grey hair. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> but this important information
0: was relayed, via a woman called Elena Denan, who is a former French archaeologist. She's now a druidess and a pagan celebrant living in Kerry in Ireland. Of she is. But this important information was relayed to her via Fleet Commander Thor Han Aredian of the Galactic Federation of Worlds.
1: Oh, man. Is she on the psychedelics? <laughs> we had the psychedelics last week.
0: <sighs> Goodness me. Well... She, on her website. It says that she is an emissary from the stars and her aim is to enlighten people. And she seems to be in constant communication with the commander Thor and many other different life forms. And she does this through telepathy and channeling. Okay. And she's got videos of herself doing that. Commander Thor is quoted on her homepage as saying in a nutshell that we, are, we as humankind have taken the right path and we will soon realise the true extent of all our technological accomplishments, where they really come from. I think he's talking about reverse engineering there. Okay. And we will be confused, but we'll have faith because Commander Thor and his alien gang will be walking with us side by side.
1: It's all going to be okay, guys, because they're here to help. Now, have you seen any of her videos where she's channelling Commander no. Thor? Okay. I was on public transport
0: when I was doing this research and I didn't want to turn any more heads. As it stands, I'm if anyone takes my devices away from me, I'm going to be cookied right up to the hilt for all of this stuff. You got to get on duck
1: duck <laughs> Go. You're going to be they're going to be like sending you all stuff now on yeah. QAnon, deep state, anti-Biden, yeah. Yeah. pro-Putin. Oh, Jordi, yeah, you're in I'm there. deep shit. Yeah.
0: Anyway, there's videos on her channel of her chatting to Merkak. Like I said, I didn't see it myself. Thor, Merkak is another alien. And there's also a Telosian. Now, I don't know where they are, where Telosia is, but there's some Telosians. There's many, many different alien races out there, Michelle. And they're all aware of us. And there's more info to come about that. Mm-hmm. So there was a blog post from this year, only a few weeks ago, March 6th, 2022. And it says... The Earth Alliance is in charge to disclose files that have been hidden by the deep state for a very long time. So she goes on. This is all by Elena Denarn. She says that by July 22 this year, NASA's big James Webb telescope, which is a real massive, great big telescope, will show that the exoplanets, the ones way beyond what we can see with the current telescopes, will show that there is life on Earth outside of our earth and it will blow our minds and she said nasa recently dropped some clues about getting ready for these fundamental sociological changes by hiring theologians to prepare humanity for the evidence of extraterrestrial life and even contact so i did some research out of all of these obviously these claims that she's making, Yeah, I went and had a little look into the NASA. First of all, I checked if that James Webb telescope was real because how do I know about that kind of stuff? I don't know. I'm no
1: scientist. Neil might know. He's into all his his telescopes and all his other… And his James
0: Webbs and his
1: whatnots. (laughs) Get in touch, Neil. But anyway
0: get in touch so nasa did provide a grant towards the center of theological inquiry to assess the implications for the hunt for alien life now theological theological inquiry that would be religion god etc that kind of existential idea that there's a god i think that they are saying that we need to get these people on board to help those who
1: have faith to adjust to god's not real aliens are well, that's an interesting, because when you were saying, you know, God, et cetera, they're going for the et cetera, aren't they? Yeah. It's all yeah, about the exactly. etc. Oh, gosh. Just one thing, before Altegut emails us about this, is it theologian? Is that how you pronounce Theological. it? Theological. No, like if you're a theologian.
0: Well, maybe it's a theologian, but I don't know. Probably. I don't know. So going back to the story, Theological Inquiry... So there was a center for theological Re- inquiry. They were contacted by NASA to assess the implications for the hunt of alien life, but that research ended in 2017. Michelle. So the team and the team were never part of the NASA staff. So Danan, Elena Danan is saying, they've been dropping hints by saying that they've now got theologians, theologians on the on site, mm-hmm. working towards trying to get people used to the fact that God won't be real or whatever, and that we are run by alien commanders outside our exo systems but actually they have used theologians but they were never a part of the nasa staff now i don't know why i guess it was to assess the implications so what's that about
1: well they're just consulting or they're contractors or you don't necessarily have to be part of staff to be able to you know be Mm. contracted to write reports on things you know you could be an expert in a field but you know but it is documented that nasa did have some part to play in these reports being commissioned. Yes, absolutely. Then she goes on to say that
0: Alpha Centaurians have been in contact since the 50s and had conversations with President Eisenhower and they helped in creating new technologies and defence systems such as the creation of the Solar Warden Program. Put a pin in that okay? Solar Warden Program because we're going to first address the Eisenhower situation here.
1: It sounds crazy
0: in just a moment because I've got a bit more to say about what she says about Andromedans. She said, they look and are just like us and they've been living among us for a very long time, infiltrating all our societies all over the world. She's mentioned a couple of other planets like Cetians and Pleiadian Tal. Okay. And they are going to be part of the first group to make contact along with the Andromedans because they don't look that different from us so it won't frighten
1: us too badly. They sound like delicious dishes from an Indian takeaway menu.
0: Really, like, it's making me hungry. So going back to Eisenhower, so I did some digging. Washington Post revealed in this article that with regard to his activities on the night of February 20th, 1954, there were strange theories about alien beings meeting with the president. What? So that is documented. Wow. But the facts are that Eisenhower was actually on a golf holiday in palm springs on february 20th 1954 but after dinner that night he made an unscheduled departure from the ranch where he was staying mm-hmm. and the next morning he attended a church service in la also that morning his spokesman announced to the press that he had visited a dentist the previous night because he chipped a tooth while eating a chicken wing at dinner so they're saying that he actually went to the dentist that night yeah but a lot of people who don't believe that think that he was meeting with aliens
1: dentist aliens i don't know you choose so other
0: anomalies relating to that event was the fact that the associated press michelle announced eisenhower's death from a heart attack that night but later retracted it (gasps) because he wasn't dead bizarre where did they
1: get that Mm -hmm. misinformation
0: don't know okay weird so michael seller dr michael seller our aussie compatriot he has a few thoughts on this he doesn't believe the mainstream opinion of eisenhower's movement of that night he doesn't believe he went to the dentist and he thinks that it was a cover-up and thinks that instead he went to edwards air force base where he met with two extraterrestrials with white hair pale blue eyes and colorless lips okay seller says these aliens are nicknamed nordics in ufo circles Do you remember we did a story about this not long ago when we were talking about Sean Ryder? About
1: Nordics?
0: Yeah, there was the guy who was healed from cancer by the Nordics. Oh, the yes. Very, very tall. They live on an island off the coast of South America. He
1: went to the island, but he can't remember how to get back there. Yes. Exactly. Oh,
0: God. It's full circle. They resemble Scandinavian humans. Well, there are a lot of people who their information does match up. Mm. So these Nordics... They travelled to Edward Space from another solar system in a spaceship and spoke to Eisenhower through telepathy, of course, and they offered to share their superior technology and their spiritual wisdom if Eisenhower would agree to eliminate all of the nuclear weapons that America had. But he said, no. Nah.
1: He's like, "Nah, I need him because nah. cause Russia's got him. Just look at it now. But can I ask you, are you going to be talking about the fact that there are meant to be all these people living among us who look like us but aren't humans? Because... Again, we always talk about that TV show V. That's V, you know. you're That's V,
0: I know. Yeah, yeah And weird. plenty of other TV shows as well, which are like that. So Salah goes on to say that these Nordics were afraid we might blow up some of our nuclear technology. And apparently that does something to time and space and it impacts on all the other extraterrestrial races on other planets. So it's no good for anyone okay. if we do that. Yeah. Salah believes that sometime later in 1954, Eisenhower reached a deal with another race of extraterrestrials known
1: as the Gray. Grays. Michelle, I yes. did mention those earlier, didn't I? And we have, I think, in previous episodes talked about Grays because they were all over Close Encounters of the Third Kind. They were all yeah. in those sorts of movies. I think that's when they first became popularised. But I get the
0: impression that they're like the biologists of the universe because they apparently brokered a deal with Eisenhower in 1954, later that year after the dentist trip, and He allowed them to then capture cattle and humans for their medical experiments, provided they returned the humans safely home. And since then, Salah says, the Greys have kidnapped millions of humans. Really? I mean,
1: to be fair, there are a lot of missing people. We assume they've all been like chopped up and buried in forests in the middle of nowhere, but maybe... Maybe aliens have taken them. You do like that. What about last week's story? Stephen Kebaki, what happened to him? Gone for 18 months, been running a lot. Mm. Who knows? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So in response to this, there's a man called Jim
0: Liarzapf, who's an archivist at the Eisenhower Library. And he said, there's nothing in the archives that indicates any of what Michael Seller said to be true, of course. And then he said, We've had so many requests on that subject that we have a person who specialises in this oh, and that person God. is Archivist Herb Pankratz, who normally specialises in transport such as planes, trains and cars, but has now added UAPs to that list.
1: Okay, because obviously it doesn't take much for people to want to investigate it further. And look, we all know that even last week in your story about Dietlov Pass, all those documents went missing. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Did they exist? Did they not exist? You know, were they taken away, hidden, destroyed? We'll never
0: know. No, we won't. Exactly.
1: So, something that Eisenhower went to see the alien corpses
0: at Roswell on that evening, and others believe the whole thing's just all made up. Mm. But on public record, there is Eisenhower's dental records that back up the president's trip to the dentist and history of the trouble that he's always had with that particular tooth.
1: Okay. Maybe he did a two-in-one appointment. Hang on, I've got to go to my dentist and I've got to meet those. Hang on,
0: there's some Nordics up the road who want to catch up with me. Oh, and then then there's some greys in the diary for later on in the year. Anyway, so there was something else that Danan mentioned, Elena Danan. It was the Solar Warden Program. I'd never heard of it before, so I looked it up. It's a rumoured space fleet run by the US government in conjunction with the extraterrestrials. Okay, so they're in charge. They're in charge. So I found this out on the Huffington Post website. Mm-hmm. It was reminding me of 2002, a news story that broke about a Scottish hacker with autism. Do you remember this oh, guy?
1: Vaguely, yeah.
0: He almost brought the US military to a standstill. Mm. And his name's Gary McKinnon.
1: Yes, I do remember 2002. These. Yeah.
0: The Bush administration. He hacked into US Space Command computers in 2002. He discovered the existence of non terrestrial officers and fleet-to-fleet transfers, whatever that might mean, and a secret
1: program called Solar Warden. Wow. If this is true, and I don't know if it is, but that's scary. I mean, secrets, secrets, alien stuff. He also posted a notice on the military's website
0: saying, Your security is crap.
1: (laughs) He's got a (laughs) sense of humour at least.
0: (laughs) President Bush was in power at the time and his Justice Department charged Gary with the biggest military computer hack of all time. And he stood to face prison time of up to 70 years once extradited from the UK. Do you remember all this going on at the time? They were trying desperately to keep him in the UK. Yeah, I do. Because the worry in the end was he was never extradited. And the worry was that Blabbermouth McKinnon on trial in open court would involve him testifying to all of the above classified facts and his attorney would be able to subpoena government officers to testify under oath about the Navy space fleet. Interesting. So hence he hasn't been extradited, but he is under strict conditions within the UK. Jesus. So he found out about these ships that are in the Solar Warden program. He said that he saw eight cigar-shaped motherships, each longer than two football fields end to end. Whoa. That's funny because um, our friend Sean Ryder also said something about football pitch size did, things, he? didn't he?
1: But then there was also those little tiny ones that in another story. So they come
0: in all shapes and sizes. Forty-three small scout ships, which he also saw.
1: Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the little tiny ships were seen. So the mothership is the big, yeah, of course. Okay.
0: Eight of them and 43 little ones. The Solar Warden Space Fleet operates under the US Naval Network and Space Operations Command. And there are approximately 300 personnel involved in that facility with that figure rising. And when he says 300, he's talking about aliens. Aliens. Not humans. No. Yes. Of course. And that number is rising. A small fleet
1: of aliens looking after all of this.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Mm. He then said he went looking because he knew that governments were suppressing things like anti-gravity and UFO-related technologies like free energy or what they call zero-point energy. And he thought that it shouldn't be kept from the public when pensioners are struggling
1: to pay their fuel bills. And dying. And look what's happening now. No Mm -hmm. one's going to be able to heat their home in about five minutes. Exactly. So he tells Wired.com that he certainly did find
0: evidence among the files of extraterrestrials in something called the Disclosed... Disclosure. I'm going to say that again because I sounded like Stephen Toast. (laughs) Disclosure in The Disclosure Project, which is a book with 400 testimonials from everyone from air traffic controllers to those responsible for launching nuclear missiles. Very credible witnesses. Wow. They talk about reverse-engineered technology taken from captured or destroyed alien craft. We've talked about that as well previously. We have. Bob Lazar, his name comes up. He hacked a file that had a NASA photographic expert in it that said there was a Building 8 at Johnson Space Centre where they regularly airbrushed out images of UFOs from the high-res satellite imaging.
1: Oh, my God.
0: He said he logged on to this, into NASA, and was able to access the department. And he found the files, but his dial-up was a bit slow. And as he tried to download the
1: pictures, he was stopped. Okay. And that's actually, I I can believe that, because I don't know if anyone remembers dial-up in the old noughties. But he did manage to
0: see a silvery cigar-shaped object with geodesic spheres on either side. He said there were no visible seams or riveting, and that there was no reference to the size of the object in the picture, because... It was a, presumably, he says, it was taken from a satellite looking down on it. Right. So that's what he says he saw. Incredible. We're going back now to the original article that Tamira sent me, which was the space arc in Ukraine. There's loads of them all over the place, Michelle. There's one in China. There's some in Brazil. There's some in right There's one in Russia and also many other places around the world. And the ExoPolitics website says that these space arcs are being activated and form an integrated network that will eventually float into the sky in what will amount to be a global disclosure event oh my god proof once and for all so he said that the arcs and the et fleet connected to them represent a benign force that's going to help humanity enter this new golden age
1: now I would love to believe that's true. I, I think we actually do need a little helping hand to stop fighting. and Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? And also for us to harness the technology or to have new technology. So if what the guy you were just talking about, I can't remember his name, said is true about this. Gary McKinnon. Gary McKinnon. Then, yes, we should have easy energy for everyone that doesn't rely on fossil fuels doesn't rely on one particular country supplying to everybody else wouldn't that be wonderful yeah. that is basically world peace right there yeah exactly so why hasn't it happened so far
0: i have information which i'm going to share with you on our extra droppings later on which you can access through patreon but there are people that think this has happened that there have been interventions throughout our history okay. so i'm going to go deeper into that in the patreon episode just quickly to round things up, I had a little scan of the comments section, Michelle, after all of Michael Saller's blog posts. It's always
1: my favourites in the comments. People are wild in the comments.
0: It's a massive echo chamber bar a couple of people. Mm. And it's it seems to be, like I said before, the people who subscribe to this ExoPolitics website kind of follow and follow all his fantastical videos because he's got these beautiful like animated videos of gorgeous aliens meeting astronauts and things. <laughs> And there's a lot of language in these comments like cabal, deep state Mm. and the belief that Q and Trump are the good guys, Putin maybe and even Putin. It's hard to tell. Mm. But later on in the comments section, that did confirm my belief that they think that Putin is one of the good guys and that Ukraine has no borders. It's part of Russia. These are the things I was reading in there. But there was one guy called Wayward Sand who summed it up by saying... A short, succinct answer to yet another fantasy-leading question is no. I don't know what the question was. <laughs> he said. He then goes on to say, a lot of innocent Ukrainian citizens are being slaughtered right now in this conflict, but here we are selling bubblegum instead.
1: Oh, dear. Fan
0: fiction. They believe it to be fan fiction. Well... Some people believe it is all fan fiction. Others believe it's the truth.
1: Look, and, and you've, you're always going to have people who just want to believe, but... This idea of an arc, that's why this war is happening. It's going to be uncovered. We're going to see a bright light in the sky. It all sounds a little far-fetched. People! Listen to me! People! Don't do that. People! people. I told you people!
0: People! Scary stuff. People!
1: That's all I've got for today, Michelle. Great. Yep. Oh, Geordie, I absolutely love that. I was riveted. and I thought you'd like it because there's aliens. We've got old history, all leading to new history and future possibilities. It's all here, guys. Mm. It's all here. Absolutely. We'd love to hear what you think about any of this because it's fascinating. I'm going to go and look up all that stuff. It, it's quite
0: the rabbit hole yeah. and it can keep you going in deeper and deeper. I love it. <laughs> But you know what, guys, we have come to the end of the episode and I'm really hoping that everybody enjoyed it. And like Michelle just said, let us know what you think. You've got all the social medias, uh, eavesdropping underscore, which is Instagram and the eavesdropping podcast page over at Facebook. Yep. Plus there's hello at eavesdropping.com, our email address. You've got to get in touch, people. Patreon.com forward slash Eavesdropping, eavesdropping. no G. No G. (laughs) And in the meantime, wherever you are. Whatever you do. Just keep eavesdropping. Eavesdropping. all day.